Richard shot. Oh, brilliant! Absolutely brilliant by Patrick Bamford. Kane! Hello and welcome to the St. Martin's Football Show. On today's show, we'll be looking back at the latest action from the Premier League and the European action from uh, the Champions League, Europa League and uh, two British teams in the European Conference League as well. Obviously, there was uh, two fixtures for Man United and Brighton this week as well, so we'll look, be looking back at uh, Man United's win as well. But I'm joined by uh, Lloyd Bounds, obviously Arsenal, no games this week, we'll still be looking back. Um, uh, that's obviously top four race as well and for him um, Max Noon's team Tottenham obviously losing to fellow top four rivals Wolves so we'll be looking back at that and uh, Tottenham's top four um, hopes them but obviously um, massive at both ends of the table it was uh, this week in the, the relegation battle some key games um, as well down, down at the bottom obviously Newcastle, Everton all down there um, as well but we'll start off at the top, well, I say towards the top of the league, was Man United-Southampton was the first game on Saturday. Finished 1-1 at Old Trafford. Jaden Sancho scoring um, early on and then Shea Adams scoring late on for another, don't want to say, another bottled Man United um, lead as well. This time didn't, didn't play hugely um, well first half um, as well, but it was enough from uh, Sancho's first Premier League goal at Old Trafford and I suppose, you know, mainly talk about our performance in the week if I could try and avoid talking about this. But again, should have been should have been a win. Shea Adams took his goal well. Barosia played really well. Um there's also credit to Slampton being on good run of form to him at the minute. And um they do look like a, a bit of a dangerous team. Obviously beat Tottenham in, in midweek as well. I mean Max, we said last uh, last few weeks, or you did actually, that Southampton are a very dangerous team and starting to find form. I mean, can they finish in the top ten this season? Maybe a bit higher. Um, I think top ten is realistic. Maybe not higher. Obviously, we've seen that. I mean, what is it? Top eight? You know, all quite. I mean, say strong, maybe inconsistent, but in, I think that that is definitely a. Uh, I would say solidified. There is kind of a, that quality is is obvious, and maybe that will grow in in terms of the the gap between the maybe the top eight maybe uh yeah i don't think they'll they'll quite push for europe but obviously you know anything can happen i suppose um if they're able to to be consistent uh for this for the second half of the season maybe they maybe they could be could do it but yeah no i definitely think top 10 is something that they can aim for and something that you know under the current form they can they can achieve um uh, and yeah i think i think that that would be realistic for them to to do and uh, like you know, like I said, they're they're very dangerous, but they can be inconsistent. But they're kind of inconsistent. That if you see from Southampton is maybe uh, you know long periods of bad form and long periods of good form, as opposed to you know, kind of all over the place week to week. So, but you know, I suppose it's good now, and it gives them a good basis maybe to 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 push on to the end of the season with them. And as you said, obviously Barosia played really well. Shea Adams coming back into form. Um... Now, obviously, ahead of Scotland's big playoff game, so what's that? Four away goals in the last ten appearances. So, as I said, Southampton, if they can find consistency, should be a, a very good team. But for Man United, obviously, on the other hand, um, we did have a better game in midweek. A few good performances. Sancho, obviously, played really well again. Rashford got his assist um, and played really well. So, some positives, but it was uh, definitely some drop points in the race for the top four um, as well. Elsewhere on Saturday, it finished nil-nil between Brent Brentford and Crystal Palace as well. Obviously, there has been some positive news um, for Brentford this week that the new signing Christian Eriksen returned uh, in a friendly match behind closed doors on Monday against Southend. Uh, actually got an assist when they won 3-2 as well. But I did want to say something on Brentford. Obviously, um, Alex has said before he didn't think they'd stay up and what have you. Um, but it was a comment that Mika Richards or Micah Richards made um, this week on, on Five Live saying that he thought Brent for the most overrated team in the league. And, you know, 
in a, in a way, I like Brentford's uh, good club. I think you're kind of right on this one that, you know, start the season, obviously beating all the big six teams, brilliant games, got results against them as well. But since then, they have been average. And I'm not, obviously, before you say Man United, I'm being excited and you can't really compare them. But, you know, I just, <laughs> Brentford are, I would say, not maybe not overrated, but I don't know, a bit hyped up too much. Would, would you agree, Lloyd, that Brentford no. no? Who are you talking to who's rating Brentford this highly? They're like 14th in the league. They're like, that's brilliant. I, I don't think anyone ever said they were going to get higher than that. If they did, I don't think they were really being realistic. You said they beat all the top six. They beat Arsenal. Like the, what? What good wins are there? They beat Arsenal, Wolves, well, they, West Ham. They've drawn with Chelsea and Liverpool. Should have should have beaten both of them. Well, yeah, okay. Well, they didn't. Man, you know. Due to them, they smashed three 0 by Liverpool then as well. And I, I really don't think they've been overrated at all. I don't think like I, I haven't seen barely any is, praise around them. I'd probably say they've been underrated. Yeah, and what is it overrated? It's such a stupid adjective people use. Like, how can they... Just look at their results. I mean, I understand a rating. Maybe players I understand more. But, like, the rate... I think people rate teams, especially newly promoted teams, fairly based on the results they get. If they do get a draw with, you know, a top 16, then people will look at that as a positive. But I think people also bear in mind the fact that they, you know, lost however many in a row. I don't think anything anybody really gets carried away, especially when it's a newly promoted team. I, you know, I don't think people really get... To uh, overzealous about them, really. Do you th- I I didn't I wouldn't necessarily say I think they're overrated. I get Michael Richards's point on that one. So bit of a bizarre point, would you both say? No, just kind of out of nowhere. And it, I don't understand the point of just bringing out random criticism of this newly promoted team that you know is. I mean, doing they've done well, obviously to get to be quite a small. I mean, small club maybe, but that might be insulting, but. Relatively, yes, they are smaller than the other clubs in the Premier League. To be where they are, I just, I just think it's kind of random to bring out, you know, kind of this w- weird criticism of them. Yeah, I, myself, I said they were four, we finished what 14 to start the season, and they've had a brilliant season. Don't get me wrong, but in in a way, performances wise, especially the last few months, they have been not very exciting and a bit average to watch as well. But they are getting results and. You know, hopefully for Brentford anyway, they'll stay up because brilliant club and, and well-run club as well. So hopefully for them, um, they can stay up now. And obviously with Christian Eriksen coming back, brilliant story in itself as well. So hopefully, um, you know, for Brentford fans and to see him back on a football field, it'll be brilliant um, as well. But elsewhere on the uh, three o'clock games on um, Saturday away from that, Everton beat Leeds 3-0. Um, obviously, both teams that probably are going to stay up, but near the bottom as well. It was Seamus Coleman who put Everton ahead after 10 minutes as well. Michael Keane with a goal, Anthony Gordon with the assist there. And Richarlison setting up Anthony Gordon in the 78th minute to get a brilliant three points um, from Everton as well. I think Donny van der Beek did get the assist for the first goal, but he didn't give it down to him. But, um, I mean, what a performance this was um, from uh, Everton Max. Obviously, Last, especially against Newcastle last week, um, was poor performance um, as well. Didn't really see um, Donny van der Beek play well, Daly Ali play very well. But on Saturday against, um, obviously, maybe you would say a struggling league uh, team, they did look pretty good, didn't they? And, and showing what the likes of Daly Ali, Donny van der Beek and even a young talent like Anthony Gordon can provide. Yeah, I mean, obviously, really dominant performance Uh in terms of the attacking that they did. And yeah, it is encouraging, uh, especially obviously featuring uh, the, the new signings as well. I think that, that, that is really important. Um, and yeah, overall, I think it obviously quite early into Lampard's tenure, but just to see wins like this where, you know, I think it is quite dominant and uh, it is it is a sign of encouragement for fans, uh, especially, you know, maybe if, especially if you know, people view Lampard is a, maybe a controversial appointment. I think getting these sorts of wins maybe uh, puts fans at ease a bit, and and I think it will hopefully uh, see they'll see more more wins like this now. And uh, obviously, I think maybe you know, how how comfortable they are. I think they probably are quite comfortable where they are. Um, uh, so hopefully, they can just now get up the table a bit, just for the for the sake of the fans who've had to endure you know pretty bad football up to this point. 
Yep, as he said, um, first start, Goodison debut and man the match for Donny van der Beek as well. But not just focusing on him, it was a brilliant performance from um, Everton as well. And, you know, I wouldn't probably say top 10, they have got an outside chance, but I would say um, definitely probably looking forward to next season now, building under Frank Lampard. Um, it'll be as well one team that will be hoping that they can build in the Premier League next season, despite it looking really difficult at the minute, is Watford. They lost at home to Brighton 2 0. It was Neil Morpe and Adam Webster with the goals um, for Brighton, who obviously um, at the time had only lost, what, four Premier League games, only three. Uh, teams had lost more than them all season and that's the top three as well so a brilliant record um, from them what's holding them back is the draws but got a brilliant victory Neil Moore play playing really well at the minute Lamperty uh, got his assist as well I didn't watch him on um, Tuesday I mean he is absolutely rapid and, and what a player he is as well one to look forward to um, in the future and and, you know, we'll talk about Brighton later on. But very uh, good spell for them at the minute in this season. And um, what a job Graham Potter's uh, doing. But for Watford, on the other hand, you would say really struggling um, at the minute as well. And then at Carrow Road, um, despite hitting the post early on from uh, Grant Hanley as well, it wasn't didn't go in and wasn't enough for Norwich to uh, hold off Man City because Man City won 4-0. A hat-trick from Raheem Sterling and Phil Foden with the goals as well that secured a comfortable uh, victory at um, Carroll Road. Obviously, last time Man City visited there, they lost 3-2. So, got revenge um, this time around. But Raheem Sterling-Lloyd um, obviously started the season off, um, I wouldn't say poorly, but obviously wasn't getting in the side as much, wasn't you know scoring as many goals after a brilliant Euros. But now he's coming in the past month or two. Um, he's been performing really well and been one of their best players in, in recent months and of the season. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I do really rate Sterling really highly, but in, in a team like City, it was like the whole squad is just incredible, and they all perform to such an insane level. I think I think recently Sterling definitely has, but I think over the season I'd probably give to probably Rodri. I think Rodri, I think we said about overrated being used wrong, but I think I think Rodri is definitely the definition of underrated. I think he, he had quite a rough first season. But now he's he's probably one of the best midfielders in the league. And I, I think he's done brilliantly. Yeah, I agree with that. But obviously Sterling's starting to uh, come to form now. And um, obviously, um, well, they've got plenty of depth as it is um, going forwards. Um, now as well, obviously, into a crucial stage of the season with the Champions League starting back. Obviously, they did win comfortably in midweek, which, which we'll look at later on as well. But... Um, you know, could do with uh, players like Sterling stepping up as well. But as you said, Rodri definitely agree underrated and being one of the best uh, defensive midfielders, if not the best, in um, the Premier League this season. As well, he was a defensive midfielder that actually scored Liverpool's goal at Turf Moor as well, which just about got them over the line um, as well. Fabinho strike after 40 minutes as well for his fifth goal this year already. Um, as well, man, the match probably would have gone to Allison because he actually had to make some um, massive saves um, as well. Talk a lot about Liverpool. Um, Max, wanted to talk about uh, Burnley a minute because obviously struggling right at the bottom of the table as well. They got Cornet back as well, but they have got um, a very big number nine, literally very big number nine. I know he come back, uh, he's gone off injured. I think he is available for this weekend, but he does look a massive threat for Burnley, doesn't he? Waggles. Yeah, I think it is a really good signing as well. Um, I mean, say what you want about the Bundesliga, but it was very, very good there um, for Wolfsburg. And yeah, I think he adds a lot to, to Burnley. And and I mean, I think you just say the, say the height and the, the physical attributes he has, and I think that you understand why. Um, but other than that, you know, I think he, he offers a lot more than that. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, I think Chris Wood was a good servant, but it is a really, really good replacement, and you could argue maybe in some ways, it, I mean, obviously, depending on long term, we'll see how it pans out, but it could even be an upgrade for them. And, uh, you know, I think it is it is a good signing for them, especially the price um, as well. Uh, and hopefully, that it's, it's a long way to go for, for them, but, you know, I think the, the performances have been encouraging, and, and he might be able to, to turn things around for them. But I suppose we'll find out. 
Do you think if Burnley do go down, they'll be able to keep him in the championship? Because obviously, as you said, coming from the Bundesliga, very good striker as well. Watching him against Man United, brilliant performance as well, and lucky to score as well. But, you know, he's, like I said, I would say he's an upgrade from Chris Wood as Weghorst. But, I mean, do you see him staying if they go down? Um, I think it depends, really, uh, obviously, on the interest. I think that. I, I mean, obviously, depending on, I'd imagine Dyche would stay. And I think for that reason, uh, I, I would imagine that there would be a belief in the squad that they could just go back up. So for that reason, I know I, I do think that they could hold on to them, but hold on to him. But if maybe he has a really good end to the season and they do end up going down, maybe a, a bigger club, club could come in with uh, lots of money and they could uh, look to, to profit off him. And, and, and I think they signed him for a relatively low amount. So, you know, they, they they could get a profit, but you know he's maybe an older player, so getting a large amount of money might be harder. But I think obviously Daichi is quite an important factor, and I'm sure if they were to go down, they they would imagine. I mean, I'd imagine that they'd, they'd be able to come up with Daichi in charge. For that reason, I think they they could hold on to him really. As well, Bolsey for Burnley struggling times at the minute, but if they can perform like uh, they did on the weekend, definitely got a, a really good fighting chance. Um, as well, also on Saturday at the bottom, Newcastle got a crucial victory, um, but it did come at a cost for the uh, player that did score for them, and that was Kieran Trippier. Obviously scored a brilliant free kick last week against Everton, as well scored a brilliant goal uh, against Villa as well on the 35th minute um, as well, but he did go off injury, uh, injured. I think they said, Eddie Howard said in his press conference today, that um, he's in a fight to be fit before the end of the season, which obviously might be crucial for Newcastle, being probably their best player since January, you would say. Um, as well, so if you're a Newcastle fan, you're definitely hoping for him to be back. But I mean, you know, and I don't want to keep dwelling on it, Lloyd, and, and our Man United, I think, should have signed him in the summer. But I mean, what a signing he's turned out to be for Newcastle, not just defensively, but I mean, well, he's been a top goal scorer since January now. Well, yeah, like like you said, he has been. Well, he's been an incredible sign. Like he might have already done enough to keep him up. Like with those two goals he's had, like he, he has been brilliant. And like you said, it does question why other clubs didn't really look at him. Like I know United did a bit, but then uh, well, you never signed him. Like I, he, he could have been a really good fit, but like obviously this is going to be a huge loss for Newcastle now. But I think I think he might have already done enough to keep them up. Yeah, probably. Um, agree on that. Obviously, what seven points uh, clear at the minute? Maybe you know you got C Maximum coming back um, as well if he can find goals going form. But no, definitely been a massive boost as well. But then you could also say on the other hand that Ollie Watkins. I don't know whether either of you saw it, but the extremely tight offside he had um, as well. But it was off offside because of the rules they brought in. Obviously, his foot as well, but extremely tight as well. But for Aston Villa, um, a disappointing performance for them. But for Newcastle and Kieran Trippier, brilliant day. Well, not for Kieran Trippier because he went off injured. But um, you get what I mean, a brilliant day um, for Newcastle as well. It wasn't a brilliant day, though, for Max's uh, Tottenham. They lost at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium 2-0 to Wolves. Obviously, lost in midweek to Southampton at home, and now they've lost to uh, Wolves while Jimenez scoring after six minutes and then Den Donker scoring in the 18th minute. Um, that's why I haven't didn't watch the game, Max. It obviously wasn't on TV, but, I mean, you're going to have to talk me through this. What went wrong for Tottenham on Sunday? Yeah, I just think it was unfortunate mistakes early on. Um, I think, I mean, maybe it might be unfair to say that it was a terrible performance by Spurs. It wasn't you know, the worst um, I mean, I think you know Antonio Conte came out and said they played quite well. Uh, for that, I mean, but other than that, you know, it was obviously a two-nil loss at home, which is which is terrible. And I think that is, like I said, due to some early defensive errors, and for that reason, obviously that gifted Wolves quite a comfortable position for them to just hold on uh, and obviously get the win. And yeah, what they were there were some uh, pretty poor mistakes from the defence, um, from you know Loris as well, which is. Unfortunate, but you know, I mean, it happens. He's obviously been good for, hasn't really made a mistake like that for you know, for a while, and, and I think he's been really good this season. And even in the game, you know, he he made the mistake, but I think he he did quite well after that anyway. But yeah, I, I think it's just defensive errors again, and and uh, obviously I think that's something that 
is maybe due to the players missing in the defence. Um, obviously, Eric Dyer should be back for, for, for the next game against Man City. Obviously, he's a huge part of um, of the defence and especially the leadership role is something that he fills in. Uh, uh, so he'll be a really, really big boost to Spurs when he, when he comes back with the team. But missing players like that um, is obviously going to contribute to defensive errors. But... Yeah, hopefully something that that's something that, that Conte can address, and especially if you know Spurs in the summer look to bring in more defenders, something to iron out. And um, yeah, I think it is disappointing. It is a really disappointing result, especially for top four against you know a rival, direct rival for top four. But um, I mean, you've got to move past it, and uh, uh, yeah, you can't obsess over it too much because it's just really, I think, unfortunate uh, at the end of the day. And obviously, with you losing to, to Chelsea, Stampton and Wolves, sorry for reminding you, it is the first uh, time since he was in charge of Atalanta in 2009 that Conte has lost uh, three games in a row. But he has made some interesting comments um, this week as well regarding your transfer window and, and letting a lot of players go, which is obviously, um, well, depleted the squad. Do you agree with Conte and his comments on that one? Yeah, well, I think, especially today, that was uh, an interview we did in Italian a few days ago, and after uh, I think lots of the quotes you've seen in the media have been severely out of context and portrayed the entire thing quite almost as if um, Conte was being kind of, I suppose, mischievous with with the comments and speaking out against the, the club. But he came out in a, in a press conference today and was kind of disgusted by all of the media outlets that reported all of the these quotes and, and these things about this interview. And actually, Conte came out and said that he wasn't going to do interviews in Italian anymore because um, of the way that they were kind of misquoted. Um, and I think whilst, you know, lots of what he said, I mean, I think it was, it did roughly translate and he maybe did say those things. I think it wasn't necessarily in a way that was supposed to be hit at the board um, uh, because I think he said, he came out and said that obviously all of this stuff, all of these comments were something that the board are aware of. You know, he does have a dialogue with, with the club. Um, so, yeah, for that reason, I mean, I do agree with what he said, but because they weren't necessarily supposed to be, um, I suppose, uh, attacks on the board or anything like that, um, yeah, I think I think it kind of just shows the, the environment of football and and. And the media and football that they try to create, you know, almost drama, um, so proper like drama uh, with these managers and, and the boards. Uh, especially, I think you've seen it at Spurs, where obviously these characters are, are being portrayed in certain ways that the the media are using to to kind of exploit and to and to, I think, kind of maybe it's maybe fair, maybe unfairly uh, misrepresent members of of uh, Spurs particularly but obviously other clubs see it as well and I think especially after the interview today Conte came out and kind of spoke against that attitude and felt that um, I think he said he felt disturbed by the way that he was kind of portrayed as as this kind of I think he said a mischievous character which I think probably isn't isn't very fair of what what he was doing in that interview especially when you do you do interviews as a, as a manager and and you're kind of playing into or you're kind of being forced to answer the questions that, that are selected out by journalists that will make you say things that maybe you don't really mean or or it'll they'll try to make you th- say things in maybe particular wording that for I mean for whatever reason um comes comes across maybe slightly differently than, than what you meant so yeah I think whilst what he said was true in some regards I didn't necessarily think that it was supposed to be entirely negative or an attack on the board yeah, obviously, pretty much same scenario as Lukaku in it a few weeks ago um, with with Chelsea. Obviously, maybe not obviously same circumstances, but did it in Sky Italia and, and translation and, and all that as well. But there was a quick story from El Nacional this week that um, Gareth Bale is set to rejoin Tottenham for a third time because he's set to leave Real Madrid in the summer as well. It's going to be his last um, contract as a pro player. Is it someone... Um, do you want back Gareth Bale? Will he boost the Tottenham? Do you think next season? I mean, I'm, yes. I mean, obviously, I, it is kind of a romantic thing with with Gareth Bale, as much as it is maybe a, a pragmatic thing. But 
he does add something and something that uh, maybe I think I suppose they're lacking in that is is his experience. Um, I think obviously they've got Harry Kane, uh, Son in attack, but adding a lethal finisher, and he is a lethal finisher. Um, obviously, when he came back last season, he had was one of the best finishers in the league. I think statistically, obviously, um, I think he obviously it is down to, to what the manager wants again. But I think obviously out, in out of those quotes, he, you know, he, he did say that experience and, and players who were who were ready. But, and you could argue that maybe he's even maybe slightly past uh, you know his, his being ready or, or whatever. I think he I think he still has experience. He still is a winner, and obviously. Combine that with the fact that it is Gareth Bale and he has a history with the club and the fans love him. I suppose it, it could be quite a beneficial signing um, in a number of ways, but yeah, obviously we'll, we'll wait and see what see what happens really. Um, as well, obviously we'll talk about the, the, the top four as well, but I did want to mention one player, Lloyd. Um, Max Kilman, obviously a lot of people have been saying he should be called up to the England squad in March when they have those uh, two friendlies against Switzerland in the Ivory Coast. Don't see why not. To be fair, um, is Max? As I said, Max Kilman. I mean, one for potentially you always have that wild card at, uh, in a World Cup squad. Do you think if he continues to perform, he could be in our World Cup squad? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think he could be, and he definitely probably should be. But it depends on who South Southgate is going to pick, and if, he, and if he just picks his like what his favourite players again, the ones he typically picks all the time, because like. Although I think Kilman should get in, but he shouldn't get in over like a Ben White. But then he should definitely get in over like a, a, a over over some of that some of the plays Southgate has taken before. So I think I think he should get in, but it, it, it'd be disappointing if he didn't. But I I wouldn't be surprised either. Would you take him over Cody? You think? Yeah, yeah. You take you take him over Cody. You take him over Mings. But yeah. no, obviously not. No, no, obviously, no. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm just saying on, on current form. In current a... form, I mean, it is kind of an, he's he's been a mainstay in the team, and I think removing a player like that on current form it doesn't make as much sense. Yeah, I I agree. I think I Maguire. Um, obviously not people may laugh at the minute. This form Man United, but definitely England's best sent one of England's best centre-backs, if not the best um, as well. But, you know, definitely Max Kilman uh, one for the uh, potentially World Cup. I definitely think he should get in in March um, as well. And then the final game of the um, well weekend, really, saw Leicester draw 2-2 with um, West Ham as well. Obviously, um, West Ham going for that top four position. Leicester just about getting in the top ten. Jared Bowen continued his brilliant form. Um, that he's been showing in recent weeks with a goal early on. Um, as well, I think you just look at his stats now this season. He's been directly involved in 16 Premier League goals this season, 25 games, 8 goals and 8 assists. As well, only Mo Salah been involved in more as well. Definitely got to be a shout for the England squad um, as well. Then Aaron Cresswell give away a penalty just for half-time and Tielemans stepped up and converted it as well. Before Ricardo Pereira with a header in the 57th minute and then um, I don't want to be harsh here, Leicester, Leicester fans obviously um, done it before, but what they did against Tottenham, bottled it late on and Craig Dawson getting a crucial goal um, for West Ham in the 91st minute as well, um, which obviously desperate point really and could be crucial come um, the end of the season. But Lloyd, you've talked a lot about Rodgers and, and Leicester before, I mean... Uh, there's been some reports saying that if he lose to Wolves on the weekend, he could get a sack. I don't know how reliable that is. But, I mean, you know, if they don't get top 10, could we see the end of Rodgers at the end of the season? Uh, I, I think it might it might come down to what he does in the Conference League a bit more than anything. I think they, they probably see that as a nice trophy. Like, like it is obviously a European trophy. It, it, would, it would be a good end to the season. I think, that, I think they might give him the chance to... Like chance to finish the season, but like you said, it, it does come down to what they do in the league, and also in current form and on the like on they're on the table, they really haven't been doing that well. I think like at the start of the season, you tell any Leicester fans they aren't going to finish top ten, then they would definitely say the Rodgers should go. Uh, I, I think I think they might get it, but they, they've run a fixtures like they do have some hard games left in it. They have a lot of away games too, which is which is very tough. I, I think. 
I, I don't know. Like, this squad is really good. They, they can definitely do it, but it depends, can Walter's get it out of them? Yeah, agree on. Um, obviously, that one as well. As I said, they have got the, the conference league that, obviously, only until yesterday, Thursday, that Brendan Rodgers didn't know about. They didn't know they was in until they played yesterday um, as well. So, we'll definitely be open. He knows about it at the end of the season and they can win it as well. Obviously, he does get entry into the Europa League as well. So, maybe... Um, a bit of a silver lining for um, Leicester as well. Then, it, as I said, there was obviously one rearranged game on Tuesday as well. There was due to be played back in end of, yeah just for Christmas, 18th of the December as well. And it was between Man United and Brighton. And on Graham Potter's 100th game in charge of Brighton, brilliant achievement as well. For him, he couldn't see um, Brighton win it. That was thanks to Cristiano Ronaldo scoring. Um, brilliant strike, really, in the 51st minute. Obviously, as of Saturday, with that he gone six goals, uh, six games without um, a goal as well. I think it's the first time he's done that um, in 13 years as well. So obviously, wasn't a good spell for him. Brilliant um, finish though as well. Should have had a few more goals. Ronaldo setting up Bruno Fernandez. Um, well, sitter really. Ronaldo should have probably had a shot himself as well. But Bruno did get his goal late on in the 97th minute as well. But that was after Lewis Dunk got sent off, um, initially given a yellow card after a foul on Anthony Alanga, who was clearing on goal. Um, Lewis Dunk brought him down, went over to the monitor, and it was rightly, um, well, I see rightly. I, th- I think a lot of people are saying, obviously, Brighton fans and Graham Potter didn't say it was rightly given, but I would say rightly given, being the last man um, as well, but did get the crucial win for Man United and what we 100% need at the minute. Um, Ronaldo back in goal scoring form, Bruno starting to play well. Um, well, as well, so hopefully now this can be a run after, as I said, bottling loads of leads in recent weeks as well. And hopefully we can, you know, keep up the momentum for the, the top four as well. And obviously you two will obviously say that you think your teams will, will get top four um, as well. And, you know, can you, what would be, obviously I would say I would rather focus on the, again, top four probably than the Champions League, that's more realistic. But Lloyd, for starting with you, what's the, do you think more of the focus, realistic focus, the Champions League going far in that, or is the top four? Uh, I think top four. Like, you, you, you need to get in, you need to stay in the Champions League. Like, it's, it's, even if even if you get to the semi-final, even if you get to the final, I'd still rather take the top four. Because, like, it's in the, not even in the long run, in the short term, that, that's where you need more. Like, if you get to the final and don't get in the Champions League the next year, then like you, you haven't actually achieved anything. You've just got a bit of entertainment out of it and a bit more revenue. But you would get more revenue by staying in the Champions League. I think top four should definitely be the focus. But your squad is deep enough to focus on both anyway. Do you think? Do you think we can do something in the Champions League? Well, yeah, I think. Although, what are your fixtures like around the Atlético game? Um, well, funny enough, we have the sec. Obviously, first leg is this next week after the Leeds big Leeds game and then I think the second leg is the this game after we have Tottenham at home which obviously yeah, the, the second leg is a bit dodgy yeah, second, yeah it is but yeah it's, but you, you go into the first leg again like nice result like oh, the, the second leg you have City then Spurs then Atletico then Liverpool yeah that's definitely a bit rough but I think for the first game like you, you can definitely go and get a result there then second game, you can you can probably afford the rotation slight a slight bit more there if you have gone and got the result of the first game. I think I think your score's definitely deep enough, but uh, yeah, it, it 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 depends on those four games basically. Those four really tough games and how well you're doing those. Yeah, can't disagree with anything you said there. Max agree with Lloyd on on that point. Yeah, I think so. I don't don't, 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 don't have much more to say. I agree. Definitely give me uh, a lot of confidence um, as well. But obviously, I am going to say it was a red card. And even if it wasn't against Man United, I would still say it's a red card. But was it a red card to foul on the Langer? that you, Lloyd? I think, I think it's a bit harsh. Do you think? Yeah. like They, they said it's a last man, but they're kind of in line with each other. Like mm. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it is harsh. And it did, well, it did completely change the state of the game. Like... Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd be annoyed if it if it happened to Arsenal, but I wouldn't complain. Like, like I, I, I do see why it's given as a red, but I, I would be annoyed. 
and you're right in saying Brighton did have those chances as well. De Gea had to make that amazing save, which we'll talk about him in a minute. But Max, red card for you or not? Yeah, I mean, same as Lloyd. I think you know, at the end of the day, it's probably fair, uh, I think. And you said about De Gea, he's now kept 128 clean sheets in the Premier League. Um, only, well, I say Peter Smichel's kept 128 as well, Van der Sar 90. So De Gea is now a level with Smichael and he's now in the top 10 for most Premier League clean sheets. I'm going to save that, talking about him until next week. So I know Alex wanted to give him um, some praise as well. And before the game, there was actually, Varane was supposed to be in the, the starting lineup, but he had to withdraw from uh, illness of Lindelof coming to replace him and did pretty decent job, to be fair. He can come onto the bench, but Lindelof, pretty solid. Maguire didn't didn't well, I say he didn't do much wrong to be fair. It was a few dodgy spells you get with him. As well, but I think pretty solid at the back, very right? good performance. But obviously, um the main story will be on Ronaldo. He's now scored a goal in each of his last twenty one years. Twenty one years. I mean that's just incredible. But no, it was crucial that we got um the win as well and obviously we did and um hopefully now, obviously maybe not for you two because Man United are in the top four race, but um, definitely, hopefully, Man United can go on now and go on a, a winning run that um, seals the top four um, chase as well. But the league table then, after the um, weekend action and, and the game in midweek stands like this, obviously, again, all teams have played different amount of games as well. Uh, all teams, or these teams have all played 25 and less stated. So Man City are top on 63, Liverpool uh, 54 from 24, Chelsea 47 from 24, Man United going up to 4 from 43, West Ham 41, Arsenal who didn't play on the weekend uh, 39 from 22, Wolves going up to 7th after that win over Tottenham 37 from 23. Tottenham in 8, 36 from 22. Brighton, 33 from 24. Southampton, 29 from 24. Leicester going up to 11th, 27 from 22. Aston Villa, 27 from 23. And the rest of the table is unchanged. Crystal Palace, 26 from 24. Brentford, 24 from 25. Leeds, 23 from 23. Everton, 22 from 22. Uh, Newcastle, 21 from 23. And the bottom three, Norwich, 17 from 24. And Watford, 15 from 23. And Burnley, 14 from um, 21. And the next round of action from the Premier League this weekend is as follows. West Ham against Newcastle is half 12 on BT. The three o'clock games, Arsenal returning to action against Brentford, Aston Villa, Watford, Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Liverpool, Norwich and Southampton, Everton all at half three. Then the Sky game at half five is Man City against Tottenham. On Sunday, two games, Leeds against Man United at two o'clock on Sky. The big war of the roses there. And it's a big Midlands derby straight after it, live on Sky at half four. Wolves, Leicester and there are Three or uh, four games in midweek as well. Burnley, Tottenham at half seven. Watford, Crystal Palace also at half seven. And Liverpool leads at quarter to eight on Wednesday as well. None of them are on telly, worth noting. Um, I know Liverpool lead was supposed to be on BT, but because it's on the Champions League night and the well, I'm going to say silly rules in this country that mean they can't show them and Sky can't show them, BT, etc. They don't have the rights to them. But on Thursday, Arsenal Wolves at quarter to eight it is on Amazon Prime um, as well. That has got, um, I think, obviously Prime is not a TV channel and it's on a Europa League night. But um, forget all that. Top four race, as it, obviously, as it stands at the minute, you would say the top three are expected to get uh, the uh, Champions League place. But obviously, big battle between Man United, West Ham, Arsenal, Wolves and Tottenham um, at the minute. In terms of, if you have a look at who's, well, favourites to qualify, Man City and Liverpool, as you said, 99, Chelsea, 97, pretty much nailed on. And then you were, interestingly, Arsenal, 54, Man United, 15, Tottenham, 14, West Ham, 9, and Wolves, 6. I said to you the other day, Lloyd, that it's probably we your games in hand. Yeah, OK, they're against Wolves, Chelsea and Tottenham, difficult games, but it probably is yours to lose in a way now because you have got the games in hand and you're only two points off it. Would you see it as that situation for Arsenal? Is the pressure on you now? Uh, I, I think looking at the looking at the games rescheduled today, I think I think our van has been put a lot harder. We have a lot more like the the our tough games were within were only only within a few days of each other. I think that makes our van in a lot harder, but. Like I really don't want to say that we have the best chance because I'm I'm not confident at it, 
But I'd, I'd say if, if you put another team and same one in Arsenal have now, then yeah, you probably would prefer them. But there's like there's a lot of other factors which go into it. Like we have got a small team now. We don't really have the depth to compete. Like when one plays out, the backup is like a lot of positions, quite a lot lower quality than the starter. So if we can keep that team fit, if we can if we can win those tough games, even when then even when we have three games in six days. Like, uh, I, I think I think we can definitely push for that top four spot, but I'm really not confident. But let's hope, I really hope we can. Max, obviously Tottenham also got three games in hand, but are um, was it seven points off um, the uh, Man United in fourth now? Do you think that? You, well, first of all, obviously I wouldn't say I wouldn't imagine you're too confident because you never are with Tottenham, but. Do you think that you do have a good chance now or is it starting to fade away? Well, I mean, I guess compared to a few weeks ago, I suppose it's maybe slightly less optimistic, but I still think there's a chance. Um, and I, you know, I still think Spurs, hopefully you know, at least top six, is, is, is a realistic. And yeah, I think that if the, the, the form can turn around you know, as soon as possible, obviously Man City are uh, next. So, you know, maybe not, it wouldn't start then, but... Maybe it will. Who knows? Um, I mean, I think partly optimistic, um, but yeah. I mean, I'm not. I suppose I'm not too too bothered if you know if we don't. Uh, but obviously, I would I would like to. Um, there's, I think there is an opportunity, and if you know, I think Spurs need to. I think they certainly can uh, get top four. I think they have the, the potential, but again, it just depends when uh, when the form can can turn around. Really, I think I think that's what all matters. Yeah, and obviously the outsiders are Wolves and West Ham. Um, would you say any of them have the chance, and who has the best chance out of them both? Do you think, Max? Uh, out of both, out of them both, I think West Ham. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily. I don't, I don't think they they do really have a chance to get the, the top four spot. Uh, I just think that <clears throat> the other teams just have too much. I think I think it's too much quality compared to them. Obviously, West Ham are very good. Um, uh, I mean, Wolves are also, also a good team, but yeah, I, I just think that obviously, uh, I mean, Man United specifically, obviously, that they have that element of quality, obviously, uh, that, that you don't really see in West Ham. Kind of the opposite, really, Man United and West Ham, where West Ham are, you know, more of a unit, but I think they, they lack the, obviously, the, the world class players. I think Man United are kind of less of a unit, but obviously, they have, you know, the likes of Ronaldo to elevate them a bit. You, so, quick quick question. You fearful of, of Man United getting that top four position compared to a few weeks ago? You were saying that we're, well, I, I did agree we was in a mess, but you both starting to turn the tables now and think, like, Man United are the team to beat? No, no, I think Arsenal are. Do you I think Spurs are. <laughs> no, I, you, I, you, you haven't done anything since then, apart from, get four yeah, apart from draw for you and get one win. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't know. We haven't lost since start of January, and I was against Wolves. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but you drew against Burnley. You drop it. You'd still be Who cares? You actually yeah. cares. I, I know, I know, but you know, it's a bit, a bit more hope now. Yeah, no, to be fair, the away record though, unbeating, yeah, the longest yeah. record. And, you know, yeah, that's that's true. But I'm just saying, obviously, hard running March. We've got Champions League to focus on as well, but a few winnable. Games now, Leeds, Watford, and then obviously we do go into that horrible running, really, and then starting to uh, brighten up as well. But, you know, it's going to be a, a very entertaining um, race as well for the Champions League as well. And talking to the Champions League, it started off um, this week with the uh, four first uh, round of 16 games as well. Really entertaining games, actually, um, as well. At the Parc de Prince, you saw PSG beat Real Madrid 1-0. That was thanks to a 94th minute brilliant strike from Kylian Mbappe. Neymar with the assist. Um, the Real Madrid what failed to register a shot on target, I think, in, in the first, it, well, in all of the 90 minutes, really, um, as well, which is obviously surprising considering the likes of, of Benzema, Vinicius Jr. they've got um, as well. But obviously PSG managed to get a win, Mbappe, who could be set to sign for Real Madrid in the summer, that's his 22nd goal of the season um, as well. Obviously, PSG did miss a penalty, though. Uh, Lionel Messi, um, you probably would have, well, 
put a lot of things on for him to score it as well. But he's now matched a record with Thierry Henry of um, the most missed penalties in the Champions League. 23 attempts and five missed um, as well. He actually got a rating of three out of ten from Le Quip, who obviously did the Ballon d'Or in the French newspaper. But, I mean, Lloyd... <laughs> Uh, well, a good, a reputable source there for quality. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, give give you that. I, also, <laughs> I give him a turn. So. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the question was, and I I believe myself, Messi's the best of all time. But in terms of this season, you would say I know it's against Brighton, but I suppose it was. Who cares about Messi versus Ronaldo? Anymore? No, but I'm, I'm just saying that it does prove that PSG carries Messi this season and Ronaldo's carrying Man United. So this Ronaldo's carrying Man United? How is he carrying Man United? What is he, well, what's he's, he doing? He's carried them to draw against Burnley. Like, he, he, carried them where? Well, he's carried us through the Champions Out of the FA Cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I would just say this season... And I know because Ronaldo plays for my club, and forget that. I would say Ronaldo's had a better season because what's Messi done this season? What, he's what's scored, he done? scored crucial goals with City. He scored, two, he scored two goals in the French league, right? That I'm sure Martial could have scored in, right? Do, 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 um, you, know, do you know what I'm sure of? You've barely watched any PSG in the French league. I'm watched those. I watched, watched a game the other day of. A few of their games, Rennes oh. the other day when Bappe scored last minute thing. If anything, he's been PSG's best player. Um, best player. Well, I, I, I don't think anyone's trying to say Messi's been the best player, but it's kind wow. of, kind of he's, honestly, this Messi's so finished. He's, he's had it. Yeah. He's worse than Mbappe. Oh my! He's like what? Obviously, Mbappe is one of the best players in the world. And you know, maybe... is it, has it been a f- failure? Has Messi's transfer at PSG been not a, a flop? But it's not, it's signed, it hasn't I mean, been a season, come on. Yeah, it hasn't been a season. I mean, obviously, probably huge, enormous wages, but still for free as well. I know, but people say, well, Ronaldo's been, some people have said Ronaldo's been a flop, whatever, but... Ronaldo, I mean, say what you want, but he, he's, I mean, obviously relying on maybe media reports, but and obviously just watching the game, he has kind of weakened United in some ways. Whereas you wouldn't say... PSG are worse than they were last season. Yeah, very good point. Agree. Yeah. I would also say, like the, the Roy Keane's rant on Sky, where he's saying that Ronaldo's brought in to win the FA Cup, he's brought in to win some trophies. He hasn't done that at all. But then, the, the, what was PSG's aim of bringing Messi in and win the, the Champions League? Are they still in the Champions League? Yeah. 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 Man United is still in the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? No oh, I'm saying he was brought in to win trophies. You never, I'm not saying we will win the Champions League, but. He's bought it. I'm sure if I, I do. Yeah. So, you know. Point you in the Premier League as well. <laughs> <laughs> if PSG do win the Champions League and Messi is their star player towards it, then I no, would. I, so. I will happily come back to this at the end of the season, and I, I, I would I would debate it for an hour saying that Messi has been miles better than Ronaldo this season because he can he has been. I, 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 I have no bias towards either of them. Well, I, you, you do have a bias towards one of them, so. Well, no, I. I think objectively, Messi's been far better. I wouldn't, well, like I said, we'll have a debate at the end of the season. So far, I can't see what Messi's hugely done. Because yeah, you've literally Googled Messi, PSG stats, and you've gone, oh, look, he has two goals. But Ooh, probably, I, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to say I've well, sat here and watched every PSG game because I haven't. I mean, especially, compared, especially compared to you know, Ronaldo, who's literally put in the up top in that team to score goals. I mean, yeah, you'd but, be if you scored anything any less than he has, you know, had at the moment, and then you'd be disappointed. But then you could say the other hand, Ronaldo's gone to a better and harder league, and he's uh, scored way more goals. So, you put it out there. Yeah, you could say this as well. Ronaldo's one job in that team to score goals. He's not been doing that to an impressive weight. He had the biggest drive spell of his career. And you have Messi, you're still keeping up with all this like amazing progression, his insane pass completion, his dribbling, his assisting, his shot creating. He's kept all of that, like the most elite level of all time. But then you have Ronaldo, can't even keep up the one good trade he has. Yeah, this is good. End of season, we'll come back to it. You know, I'll, I'll give Messi credit, that performance against Man City, first game, brilliant performance, obviously well taken goal, but come back to it at the end of the season and see what happens um as well and in the other game that day man city beat sport in lisbon 5-0 obviously um 
Yeah, comfortable performance really. Mares, Bernardo Silva with two, Phil Foden and Sterling with the goals to Bruyne and Mares, Sterling and Bernardo Silva also with the assist as well. I don't know whether you, either of you saw, but Sporting in a game before this were actually involved in a four red card brawl against Porto in the, the big game um, as well. So uh, obviously for them, it's probably league is, is the focus as well. Bernardo Silva obviously scoring against his former team, but for Man City, they pretty much have got two feet up firmly into the um, next rounds um, as well. And obviously their aim this season is to, to probably win the Champions League, a bit like PSG there. I would say they brought Pep in to win the Champions League. So we'll have the, the Pep also debate um, at the end of the season as well. Then on Wednesday um, in the San Siro, Liverpool... Um, had a second half brilliant performance from them. Uh, Firmino and Salah with the goals was enough to get them past um, Inter Milan as well. That's what seven away games now, or seven games, sorry, in the, the Champions League this season. And they've won them all. Um, on Inter Milan, quickly, Max, it wasn't a bad performance, was it, from Inter Milan? They just didn't have enough in the end. Well, yeah, I suppose so. It's obviously, I just think it's down to the quality of, uh, of Liverpool, uh, you know, as much as. It was, you know, for for you know, Inter being poor. I just think Liverpool are, are you know, so good, and I think in terms of what you want to see in, you know, European performance, you know, they had it all very stable. I think um, Grant. You know, I mean, I suppose it, it was in a way, you know, kind of a really solid performance and really resilient to to get, you know, not only a win but you know, an impressive win, a clean sheet. Uh, two goals, which is you know obviously a huge boost going into the, into the second leg, um, and obviously it will be at home for Liverpool, which is a, another huge boost. Uh, just really, really impressive performance, and I think it's kind of what you've you'd come to expect, uh, you know, from Liverpool. Obviously last season maybe not the the, the great the greatest, but European performances being stellar. That is that is what Liverpool are all about, I think. Agreed on that, and obviously a bit of a historic night as well. Um, Harvey Elliott started. He's the youngest um, Liverpool player ever in the Champions League, from if you exclude qualifiers. Well, and he was funny story that he was actually in Champions. He went to the Champions League final in Kiev in 2018. Now he's playing from as well. Had a, a pretty decent game to be well. Is it decent? And wasn't his greatest game, but solid performance for him. And a most Salah as well. Wouldn't say it was his best performance. Quite quiet as well. But obviously Salah doing Salah things and and stepping up and scoring a goal. That's eight consecutive Champions League away games with a goal as well. He scored ten in his last twelve games. He's been directly involved in fifteen of eighteen appearances, uh, fourteen uh, goals and uh, one assist. So I mean, he's just the stats just. Uh, go on staggering levels um, as well but for Liverpool. Obviously won AC Milan in the group stage and they returned to the San Siro and they've got um, a brilliant lead as well. Probably you would say that it's very unlikely that Inter Milan turn it round, especially with Liverpool's Champions League record at Anfield as well. But obviously it is a, a big task um, as well. It was all it was a massive task for Bayern Munich in the second half as well to turn around their game against Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, they went ahead after 21 minutes. Um, well taken goal, actually, uh, obviously, in, in their first knockout appearance um, as well. It was Adamu uh, who scored, who's actually scored more goals against Bayern than Barcelona did in two games as well. A well taken goal uh, before Kingsley Coman, who uh, scored, obviously scored Bayern's winning goal in the, the final two years ago, stepped up crucially um, to get Bayern a a late equaliser as well to avoid that um, shock result. And um, Lloyd, wonder who said on on the previous show that Salzburg could fancy their chances against Bayern and and definitely got a good chance in the second leg, haven't they? Well, yeah, you only say that because for some reason you love taking lower odds. Like, God forbid you ever get into betting, you're going to lose all your money. You, you literally, every single time you say it, for some reason you back the team, you just have a lower chance. Like you said the other day, you're happy United to have a tough chance again top four. Like it makes no sense. Like go on, can you know three Salzburg players? Like you, like you haven't based this off watching them in the league, seeing how good they are. Looking at I, 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 I based it off and did see them in the Champions League, and I just thought they fancied chances. Well, you, you, no, you've you've just gone. Obviously, buying the buying obviously the favourites. 
yeah, yeah. You've, you've just picked Salzburg for the fun of it. Like you, you can watch watch a night game, Bayern create miles more chances. Oh yeah, they're the better team. They dominate the ball, but Salzburg finished better. They, they had the good early goal, which really helped them. But like, like there was no reason to really believe the Salzburg. Uh, that we're gonna we're gonna do anything. It was just a, it was a lucky guess essentially. Yeah, as you said, mm. great chance than they in in the second leg. Do you think? it's not a great chance. It's at it's literally at but literally in the, the Allianz. I don't understand how they have a great chance. Can, do you do you think they can do it or not? No. No. No, they they shouldn't have done it the first time. So the, the chance of doing it again is even slimmer now. So. It wasn't uh, like they. It wasn't. I mean, with a lot, maybe with a really, really fortunate early goal, which would essentially try to recreate the the situation in the first leg. I just don't. It, it, you know, it seems really unlikely. Yeah, well, you, you never, you never know as well. So uh, Wednesday, historic night for Salzburg, historic night for for Liverpool. Um, as well, Milner also worth noting had his 800th career appearance, and they wanted to get um that one as well, but. You know, you talk Bayern didn't take their chances. They don't do it in the second leg. Liverpool didn't have a shot on target till the 70th minute as well. So, you know, it can be proven that teams can slip up. But no, I can't see why Salzburg won't do it. But no, you, you'll be ad- you'll be adamant. But hopefully, for me anyway, you'll be proven wrong. That well, uh, you're definitely going to take them now because they haven't even they have an even lower chance of getting through. <laughs> I, I'm not saying. I, I want to say they'll do it, but you just, you just never. Honestly, to be honest with you, I, I reckon Salzburg for Champions League. You know, I, I wouldn't really out, like you know, never seen the effort, but. Yeah. But there has Bayern have had dodgy results in the Bundesliga the past few weeks. Well, they lose four two to Bochum. Yeah, yeah, but they're still top. I swear Bayern just do that, so people like yeah. to make fun of them as much. Yeah. So, you know. You just never know. Um, one German team that had a massive shock result on Thursday in the Europa League. Um, obviously lost the other week 5-2 to Bayer Leverkusen and had some other dodgy results. And this one was definitely a banana skin. Uh, was Borussia Dortmund losing at home to Rangers 4-2. Um, only 10,000 fans there because of local restrictions um, in Dortmund area um, as well. But it was, Rangers has took the lead after 38 minutes of James uh, Travania penalty um as well obviously uh vr checked it and it got given us a penalty as well then alfredo morelos scoring in the 41st minute as well before john lundstrom but in rangers three nil up jude bellingham with a goal in the 51st minute as well then an own goal um put rangers 4-1 up before uh, Guerrero scoring in the 82nd minute jude bellingham with the assist Guerrero actually got bellingham's assist as well before a historic night um, for Rangers, and I mean one of the the big shocks of definitely the the season as well. They're only the second team to score four goals. Um, Borussia Dortmund in European football. So wait a sec, wait a sec, Leon. What? Go on. Borussia what? Dortmund uh, closer signing uh, a day I can't remember how you pronounce it exactly. Uh, RB Salzburg striker. Do you know what that means? You know Salzburg next season. Dortmund could win the whole thing, honestly, but against Bayern. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got proven, proven winner. <laughs> proven, proven draw. <laughs> but I tell you what, Haaland's out injured. I mean, Dortmund could probably be done with him, actually, because Rangers' brilliant performance, to be fair. And like I said, second European team to score four, Legia, Warsaw, the other. And I mean, I, I'm not going to claim credit on Rangers doing this, but I did say, you know, if you're Rangers outside chance, I'm not going to claim this like Salzburg, but They've caught the course and upset year Rangers, and do you think they can see it through to go through now, Lloyd Rangers? Uh, yeah, like they are, they are definitely the, the, like they are the favourites to go through now. So you're probably going to say Dortmund's going to get through, but uh, yeah, like it's it's good performance. They really capitalise on on Haaland being out. Do you know if he's back for the second leg? Or? Uh, I think there has been some reports saying he's. I think he's play his back training today, um, and I don't think he's going to be available on the weekend. But no, I can't confirm that he is back or he isn't back. So uh, I, I think if, if he is back, like you, you can definitely see him making that comeback because well, that's hardened. Like on his debut, he's got like a tactical grace, whatever. Like he is, he is incredible. And like I think that's the thing they really lack. Like in a team, sometimes you do just need. A player you can just get a goal out of nothing. Like I think in like, City's Champions League runs, I think that's kind of what they lacked. Like 
like the, this is it's so good like dominating the game but sometimes you do need a player who can just like get a get a game by the scruff of the neck and just get a goal like that's what sanchez was stressed for quite a while and i think like we still really miss a player like that and they'll be crucial to a team if he's back i'd probably put dortmund as the favor even though obviously they would need a big win well you know with ibrox going to be rocking can you really see rangers not scoring and and that's another question regardless if if harland is back i mean can Dortmund keep out Moreno. Yeah, I mean, Haaland is just Haaland, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree, but, you know, surely Rangers have got to have at least one foot. Well, I, I remember, like, the, the, the Barcelona Twitter again, they tweeted that after the first leg with Liverpool. They said, uh, like, the tweet was like, if we scored one, Liverpool need four, and we all know we're going to score. <laughs> and then, obviously, all, all know what happened. Yeah. Like, 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 like you say, never say never. Like, it is the Champions League. It could be it could be an upset. And you put you put a player like Haaland in, and it, it wouldn't it be surprising. No, but for Rangers, hopefully they uh, don't uh, get a see him, and they can go through as well. Elsewhere in the Europa League, then quickly running through the results, Barcelona were obviously um, dropped out of the Champions League as well. First time they weren't in the Champions League since the UEFA Cup in 2003 to four. Um, didn't start well for them actually. They went behind after 29 minutes. Who's uh, Zelinski um, before Ferran Torres scoring a 59th minute penalty as well as second goal for Barcelona since joining Man City in January as well I think he had about 10 shots and that was the only shot on target his penalty um, he scored as well for uh, Barcelona to um, get a draw as well Max, Napoli fancy their chances to go through? Um, I think you know, I think it is again quite even like it was in the first leg um, I think they certainly could, but you know, I think it's just just as likely the Barcelona do. That's, I think, the, the two similar sides in quality. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it favours one or the other. Maybe you could, you could argue, uh, you know, a home advantage could could benefit one uh, Napoli. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it is it is quite similar in terms of uh, likelihood for each team going through. Obviously, Barcelona quite dominant in the in the first leg. But um, obviously, Napoli weren't necessarily um, obviously punished uh, by it. You know, obviously, looking into the second leg, we'll see you know, who is able to to get the upper hand. And yeah, again, I think it's quite even. And then rattling through the results in Europa League, Chef Trelleborg beat uh, Sporting Braga two 0 Zenit who obviously mocked Barcelona the other day on social media with their Europa League post as well. They come to their own defeat, losing at home to Real Betis 3-2. Atalanta beating Olympiacos 2-1, the same as Porto beating Lazio. It finished 2-2 between RB Leipzig and Real Sociedad. Sevilla beat Dino Zagreb 3-1. And then the Conference League was wins from Michelin, Slavia Prague, PSV, Rapid Vienna, Marseille and Partizan. As well, Leicester obviously beat uh, Randers 4-1. We talked about their Conference League run as well. It was in DD Barnes, Daco and Drewsbury Hall with the goals um, for them as well. And Celtic had a massive upset at home to um, Bodo, who obviously beat Roma 6-1 at home in the uh, group stages of the Conference League as well. It's their first away victory this season in Europe and uh, winning 3-1 as well. I mean, what... Um, a result that is for um, them as well. So obviously the second legs of Europa League and Conference League take um, place this week um, as well on Thursday. And then the other first legs of the Champions League take place um, this week as well. Chelsea host uh, Lille and Villarreal host Juventus on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Benfica against Ajax and of course the big one, Atletico Madrid against Man United. Quickly, final prediction, we've obviously talked about it. Will Man United go away to uh, Atletico Madrid and get the results? Starting with you, Lloyd. Uh, I hope not, but I, I think it's 50-50. Uh, score prediction, give me some hope. No, two all. Two all, Max. Yeah, again, I think it's it is quite even. I don't think either side are particularly spectacular. Yeah, for that reason, I'd see you know, a draw. Quite, you know, a lot of goals conceded. That would make sense. Yeah, two. Two all, yeah, I think that's probably fair enough. One one, I'd, you know, again, quite even, so it's difficult to to give a, a score prediction. Obviously, you know, if it is a draw, it does benefit Atletico in a way because there is, for the first time since 1965, no away goals. But now I'm going to stay confident. 
2-1 Man United win. Um, and that's uh, that's my prediction, I think, and that's more of hope um, as well. But we'll be back next week to look back at those um, second or second legs of Europa League and Conference League, obviously the Premier League action, and to see whether Man United can uh, beat Atletico Madrid. And uh, if you don't hear from Mr Lopez, we all know why, because he'd be crying because Atletico would have bottled another competition as well. But we'll leave it on that. Thank you for listening and goodbye. I do the same thing I told you that I never would I told you I changed Even when I knew I never could I Know that I can't find nobody else as good as you I need you to stay Need you to stay I get drunk, wake up, I'm wasted still I realize the time that I wasted I feel like you can't feel the way I feel If you can't be right Can't be right yeah. I do the same thing I told you that I never would I told you I changed Even when I knew I never could Know that I can't find nobody else as good as you I need you to stay, need you to stay yeah. I do the same thing I told you that I never would I told you I changed Even when I knew I never could Know that I can't find nobody else as good as you I need you to stay, need you to stay yeah. When I'm away from you, I miss your touch I need you to stay